Good morning. This is Coffee with the Sarlows, and I'm Karen. I'm Kelly. Welcome. Um, today we are talking about uh, specific kinds of situations in personal sessions where uh, the client in front of us will ask to know information about either a significant other, um, a co-worker, a neighbor, or a child. Um, and so in these specific situations, the person in front of us is essentially crossing a boundary of another human who is not sitting in front of us consenting to information the same way they are. Mm-hmm. Is that an okay way of introducing it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I guess what I'm hoping for in, in this uh, kind of back and forth episode is for you and I to just sort of illustrate different examples of people who have done that. Um, and then what the response is from the spirit world and how, uh, how we go forward from there. Okay. Oh, does that okay. mean go? <laughs> well, yes, because when okay. we, uh, yeah, the, and just because um, when I offered the the idea uh, for the show just before we flipped the, the on switch, uh, you had said that you just had this in a recent session this mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. So I thought if you want to share something fresh, then we can kind of go back and forth. Okay. Um, because there are, there are different situations. Right. And um, um, I'm not certain which ones you want to bring up or if they're the same. Okay. Uh, one of them that comes to mind for me is nonverbal, uh, people where, um, parents come in or call and this has happened this past week, which makes me super happy is that some people were listening to the podcast shows we did about helping nonverbal children Mm -hmm. and adults, um, and went back and listened to some of the old Coffee with the Sarlows. You know what? Those were actually, I believe, the sips of sanity that occurred oh. uh, at the beginning of August. Okay. For people who are wanting to listen to the show again. And sips of sanity is still on the website, the website by sarlow.com. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they, uh, a dad called and just said that he wanted to book an appointment um, for his son, uh, who's autistic and nonverbal. And I say that because I don't understand if all people with autism are nonverbal, and I would nope. never assume that. Nope, they're not. I would assume there's a spectrum of all different levels. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So um, his son does do some things. There, there are some verbal cues, mm-hmm. but not full speech and a full ability to express. Right. Okay. Um, and I invited him to bring other professionals. I invited him to like a round table situation mm-hmm. where um the teacher the e his ea um siblings even if they don't live close could connect in by teleconferencing um but all, and also to voice record because you said let's give them tools today mm-hmm. so i suggested that somebody be present to take notes that's not part of the group mm-hmm. that someone be present to make sure that the voice recording is good and keep to keep checking it so no one's nervous if it just shuts off mm-hmm. um so that the pe- that all the people that are pertinent or important to this child's life um, can be part of the process. So I think there's a physiotherapist as well. And I think that there was also an orthopedic person at Nipissing University, if mm-hmm. I'm getting all of this right, that adjusts a wheelchair and neck braces, mm-hmm. um, as well as other people in different cities where he goes into Ottawa. And that's why the recording and the notes mm-hmm. so that it can be given and shared with other professionals. And I suggested that they have the voice recording transcribed so that the notes can be handed to his doctor mm-hmm. um, so that they can all take a look at this and see what pieces of it 
could apply to each professional. Mm -hmm. So that if a chiropractor wants to hear a medical intuitive reading for their son, that he can hear the vertebrae, he might even be able to say, or she can say this is accurate, or this one isn't, or whatever, Mm -hmm. so that they can understand um, how to make changes in in his chair and all of the devices that assist him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so when, uh, is that good? Is that no, helpful? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And actually, I wasn't even thinking of starting the show off that way because that's kind of a like a banger. Oh, um, but, okay. So can I just clarify, you invited all these professionals to be present? Yeah. And, and I did explain too, Kelly, I know you didn't ask it, but I, uh, you know, people at home, uh, especially who have children with needs are very financially stressed, mm-hmm. um, more so than anybody. Well, I shouldn't say that. Some people might resent that comment. I'm sorry. Um, But they're very, they're taxed, Mm -hmm. um, some to to beyond their limits, um, because of all of the extra expenses. It's not a hockey game. It's not hockey equipment. This is, this is, could be. It's for quality of life. Yeah. This can be a wheelchair or oxygen or healthcare that isn't paid for by a province but is um, has to come out of their own pocket. So I was also explaining that there is just one flat fee. So if it's one hour booking, it's $115, like it is for a regular session. It doesn't matter if there's two parents involved or if there's 10 professionals listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the fee stays the same. And this isn't a unique situation of someone who has special needs. That's correct. This isn't a group reading. This isn't a girl's party. Mm-hmm. And and it's important for people to hear that. I know that kind of deviates from your question, mm-hmm. but um, I'm, I appreciate that you brought that up about about that aspect because sometimes then think, well, if they do group sessions. Let's get a group of girls together, and it should be $115 for 15 girls, and it's not. Right. The the purpose in this situation is to help the child. That's the focus, that's the session, and everybody else gets to add questions and give feedback. So they can, they can be part of saying to me, this or to you, this is accurate or this isn't. Mm-hmm. How do we see this? How does this affect him if we change the wheelchair? If we change the seat an eighth of an inch or three millimeters, how will that affect the muscles? Right. So when you say tools and how it would benefit them, um, I'm hoping that I'm right in target as to what we wanted the show to be about. I'm just mm-hmm. checking in. Is that correct? Right. Okay. So um, in his case, I asked his spirit for permission. And once I got that, the spirit guides give me the information to relay to the professionals. So it's not a crossing of boundaries in that situation. There's consent. Mm-hmm. Is that good? Yeah. Okay. I, f- I find that like... Okay. Um, well, I find that interesting just because some of the other examples that you and I have discussed in previous, uh, from previous sessions over the years, uh, a lot of them have been mothers um, who have come in and asked, you know, are all of my children going to be okay? Are they all going to be successful? Are they going to get married? Are they going to have kids? And they want pieces of information about their children um, so that they can have it before their children have it. Okay. And it ends up becoming a power over situation um, where I don't know if they're hanging the information over their head or they get to act like they know or they can say, I told you so. Um, But the intention is not to help care for them. It's not to help support them. It's to simply know. 
I like how you said that because other people have asked about their children with the intention of wanting to be able to support, Mm -hmm. with the intention of wanting to know, but not necessarily wanting to interfere. Yeah, I actually had a young a young man and his mom come in, uh, I think two weekends ago, and he he's a teenager, he's an athlete, he's just he's struggling with organizational skills in school, and because of his age, his mom had to be present, and she said um, she started asking questions because he was very by choice nonverbal in the situation. He didn't he didn't want to speak up for himself, but he was fully capable of it. And so the mom started saying, you know, like, well, what does he need to know to do better in school? And what can he do differently? And what can, what can I do differently? And the session ended up, ended up turning, I don't want to say turning on her, but focusing on her in how she is really enabling his bad uh, habits or lack of good habits, I'll say, um, because she keeps doing for him. And so she wants all the information on how he is not succeeding and how she can do better to make his life easier and so she's stressed and angry and the relationship between the two of them isn't isn't where it could be right he's a very smart sweet kid but he doesn't want to express himself because she oversteps and so he ends up withholding um not you know wanting to keep pieces of himself just to himself and so I think it was really really neat for her to get such a butt kicking in the session to hear enough back down, let him be his own person, uh, and your relationship can grow. It can it can become more beautiful. You're shaking your head at me. I just have nothing else to add because you've done that perfectly. Oh, thank you. I don't mean that I'm shaking my head like you did any of it wrong. No, no, I didn't take it it's that way. It's in awe that you said it professionally mm-hmm. and that you said it compassionately for the mom who is struggling with a pattern herself mm-hmm. that she may have grown up to to learn to do from someone else. Right. Um, and she thinks it's the best way to love. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people, when they think that they're doing the best thing they can out of love, that they think it's still right. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do or the healthiest thing to do. That's the better term. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, just appreciated and was happy that people can hear it from you that way because then they don't have to feel shame and they don't have to feel guilt over being a bad mom when they've tried so hard to be a good mom yeah and that's another thing that came through in the session is that um we've got construction going on behind us if you're hearing drills um (laughs) that's luke and we want to say a big thanks to luke (laughs) now you'll all get up our steps safely um no, so it came through in her session that uh, her go-to emotion was to feel shame and guilt. And that yeah. was patterned from her childhood, like you're saying. Uh, and that when she was told from the spirit world to ask better questions and how she can support him instead of doing things for him, um, she, you know, she, it's a kind of, it's a little bit of a slap on the wrist at first, but then it's, don't go into your shame and guilt. This is just something you've been, you've learned how to do. And it's unlearning a pattern at this point. Um, and what was offered to her then was to how to ask him or her son better questions. So when he was missing a deadline at school or procrastinating and things like that, instead of going into his school bag, finding his notes, reading through them and figuring out what he needed to do, which was her pattern, she was told to ask him questions like, 
when is the next due date? How do you need to be supported with this project that's coming up? Um, you know, are there drives that you need to pick up supplies? So things where he is still dependent on her um, that she can do in a healthy way, but not uh, not get in too, too much. Okay, so can I can I pause for a second <clears throat> and go back to the fact that I'd like to, to point out here that one of the things we get to do, Kelly and I, is to hear her spirit give her emotionally intelligent questions to ask herself and to ask her son Mm -hmm. so that the situation comes out of an unhealthy pattern. Mm -hmm. So that is one of the things that we help people with is to find the healthy questions from your own spirit. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and maybe a nice time to plug, um, Sips of Sanity September edition. Uh, those were five mini, mini series on, uh, emotionally intelligent uh, thinking. So if anyone is looking for more tools, you can reference those shows uh, and and go get them for yourself. Okay. Do you want to jump in with different examples? or? Um, I'm sorry, I did not understand your question. Different examples just of um, when clients are asking, they're spending their own session asking about other people. Oh, yes, I can give you another one. I'm sorry. I, I, I think I was really listening and going off and wanting to think about some of the questions Mm -hmm. but that's okay because that's so fun but that's okay we're trying to point out what we do in sessions for people Mm -hmm. and one of them is to connect to their own spirit to hear questions and we relay those questions to the client then it's on them to decide if they're going to implement them in their life or not right okay I'm going to go into another example Mm -hmm. thank you Okay, so another example uh, was, uh, again, this week. Well, it's every day, actually. So if anybody's listening, it's constant. So another example that occurred yesterday, um, and is actually common, um, was a a woman that came in and wanted to know questions about her ex-husband. And um, she came in to ask questions like, is he coming back to me? Um, Is this good for me? is, um, actually, she didn't ask the question, is this good for me? Her spirit guides told her that was a good question for her to ask instead of asking the question, is he coming back? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's reframed much better. Mm-hmm. So she came through just to say, is he coming back? And the spirit world said to me, they're in a pattern of looping. He's come back three times. Okay. He is saying this time he's done. And the question you can ask her back instead of just the answer, yes or no, is ask her to think about, is this in her best interest? Is this good for her? Does she want this? So I said to her, I have the answer. And I wrote it down on the pa- on the paper. And I said, but they're asking me to ask you a couple of questions. So I'll, I'll just g- give you those as well. And you can go forward. So sometimes in the sessions, the spirit world will actually say to me, can you pause here and ask them? Um, and I'll hear their thoughts sometimes as well. They have a series of questions that they're asking in their head. So really what she was also saying to me is, is he having an affair? Who is he with? Do I know her? Is he having sex? Mm -hmm. And she never said any of those out loud to me. Those were all thoughts I heard. And her spirit guides came forward and said, you're right, hearing the thoughts. Here are the answers. Jot them down. So I jotted them all down. And then they said, now we'd like you to have a conversation with her about the healthiness of her own life and her codependence. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. So what do you want me to do with that? And they said, can you suggest therapy? 
we're encouraged, we want to encourage her to do something different. So that's, I'm not telling anybody to go to therapy. Her spirit guides came forward and said they had the answers to the questions, but they were asking her to consider first um, seeing, seeking therapy because the relationship had been abusive mm. both ways. Mm-hmm. She abused him as much as he abused her. Physically, emotionally, she punched, she hit, she did all kinds. Oh, yes. So um, they were asked, and when she admitted that, she just laughed and giggled. She thought that was all funny. Wow. I think we both know that people giggle when they're... Nervous. Yeah. Or ashamed. Or ashamed. Oh, I understand that for sure. And I think, and, and at that point, when I see that, I try to say to them, there's no judgment on my part about your relationship. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not in a place of judging anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't get to. I'm human too. So I just simply uh, listen to the guides, listen to her thoughts, and then ask, as you said earlier, about asking different questions, um, but also um, giving her that, that support that she's not being judged by her soul, mm-hmm. that she's not being... Um, that she's not seeing her own reality clearly and invited her to a conversation about her behavior and her reality. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm sitting there offering it to her. She gets to choose it. She chose not to. She sat there and just said, no, I just want to know if he's actually, you know, screwing somebody. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all I want to know. And I just want to know when he's coming back. So again, there's no, there's no judgment on my part. There's, if those are her answers at that point, her spirit guide said, no answer, no answer. Mm-hmm. And so part of what happens for me in sessions is I get yeses, noes, and no answers. Mm-hmm. And some people will say to me, what do you mean you get a no answer? You did get an answer. But the guides won't give me permission to say it. Yep. And sometimes that's when a client says to me, I'm paying you for this. You will answer my questions. And that's when I get to say as Karen, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. You, you can take your money and leave. Because if the spirit world is going to say no answer, or they're going to tell me that I'm not allowed to, then for whatever their reasons are, that's not me saying I don't want to answer her. Mm -hmm. And I think some people think I've got the answer, and I'm the one that wants to withhold it. That Karen thinks she's better than everybody else. That's not the situation. Mm -hmm. The situation is, is that the spirit world has said to me, we gave you the answer, but we are not consenting (coughs) to her knowing it. She's made a choice at this point. And, and I find that one of the toughest pieces of this mm-hmm. is that, and I don't mean tough for me to say no answer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, tough I when the person attacks me. Yeah. Cause I've had a lot of, and again, no, I'm not trying to pick on them, but it's just been consistent where I've had a lot of mothers who ask about their children and uh, she'll say, well, what is my son up to? Or, you know, whatever the question is. Mm-hmm. And I will hear the kids say, it's none of your fucking business. Mm-hmm. And I'll repeat it just as I hear it. Yep. And they, the mom will laugh and say, well, that's exactly how he would respond to me. And then we get to have the conversation of, then can you understand that his human and his spirit are in the same place? And these are not answers that you get to have. These are choices that he still gets to make. And I want to point out when you say that, Kelly... Um, and I know it's selfish. I know it's part of what I want to say in here too, is that I think that's, that makes you the professional. Absolutely. I believe that that's what makes you stand up. Just like when a a psychiatrist or a doctor or any other professional has to say something people don't want to hear. Yeah. Or put, or, or put a boundary. 
and um, don't appreciate boundaries where they might be listening to the podcast right now and clicking off because they don't they don't ever want anybody to not give them what they want. Mm -hmm. So that's good. Yeah. Okay. Um, are you going to another one or I, I don't um, no, I, you know what? Honestly, I think that you kind of, between the two of us, we covered all of the examples that I that I think we've had sit down in front of us, um, whether it's nonverbal. Oh, no, I have parent, more. I have another one. And, and uh, okay. <laughs> I think I do. But you know what? If I don't, we can go back and end the show. You okay. can cut this part. Um, the music will just start playing and people will be like, oh, she cut her off. <laughs> This will be one for the, re uh, the d what do you call the blooper reel? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm thinking of incidences when there is consent um, given by people who are still alive, who are biological parents, but are not part of their children's lives or that they have never found their children. Mm. And I've had quite a few um, over the years, many dozens and dozens where people come in and I'll say, oh, you have a biological father and you have an adoptive father. Yes. And I'm here uh, because you or you're, you've come to me because you want information from your biological father. You've heard a story from your biological mother who is currently in your life about his behavior mm -hmm. or his, which she says is his story, which sometimes is 100% accurate, by the way. Yeah. I am not implying that all women are liars. Um, I'm simply saying that the biological parent who's missing, mm -hmm. if that's okay to word it that way, um, is the person who is giving consent or withholding in this session and that I'm, they're still alive and I'm asking them for consent to give to a biological child. And yeah, I've, I've had great joy and fun doing that, especially for medical intuitive information where they want to know some medical background mm -hmm. or they may want to know um, if they're still alive or if they have siblings, um, uh, uh, information like that or mm -hmm. something that, that's current. Is my other biological sister really my biological sister? <laughs> like, yep. so, some things like that. And people that are listening to this might think, well, you need DNA testing for that. And I'm not disagreeing with DNA testing. I'm saying these are the people that come to ask us with our gifts to ask those spirit, the spirits those questions. Mm -hmm. And where consent for that comes from a person that's still alive, just in a different situation. Is that good? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That doesn't get cut then. No, <laughs> you can keep going. No, it's, it's a good example. Oh, okay. I, yeah, the only other one that I was thinking of is like uh, current partners who come in and ask, is my husband going to do this? Is my wife going to do that? Um, and it's just, it, they are conversations. I, I guess what ends up happening is the conversation between myself and that client uh, it becomes, uh, well, coaching, but it's channeled information where they're being told these are conversations that you avoid in a relationship where it needs to be between the two of you, but it gets blocked because of behaviors. Um, so you can't get to a productive state. You can't get to a final decision because of how you treat one another, because of how you express information or withhold information. Um, so patterns get pointed out um, so that better conversations um, I guess really just have the opportunity to be had because like you said, they can take it and implement it if they want, or they can take the information and know if he's a withholder, I'm going to nag more. Um, you know, th they still are in a position if 
if patterns are being pointed out, to really have power over another. Uh, and I think those sessions really give them the opportunity to reevaluate their own intention. I love how you worded all of that because I do see how some people will come to see us with our gifts to be able to be in power over situations. Mm-hmm. And that is not our <coughs> intent. My, it's definitely not our intention to arm a controlling person with mm-hmm. more ammunition. Mm-hmm. I always suggest when it goes down that road in a session um, for people to voice record the session. And I have heard the spirit world say that that's a tool for them as well. And that they are invited to record conversations with that spouse. Mm -hmm. So that, and they will even say to them, and then when you're listening to it afterwards, notice how many times you interrupt him. Notice how many times he interrupts you. Notice the, the tone of your voice and how it changes shortly after he's interrupted you to attack. Mm-hmm. They will point out the even the emotional changes and when they occur so that when they go to re-listen to those tapes that they have homework to do, but it's constructive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like it that the spirit world will, and I often say to the client, the spirit world will ask me to ask you to record this conversation, mm-hmm. your session with me, so that when you are talking to your spouse, the two of you get to listen to it individually or together or both so that it's a tool to listen, to go through and listen to the tape, mm-hmm. to, to the recording of the session. Because I always want people to know that none of the information by my intention in using these gifts is to arm a controller or an abuser with more information. Right. It is to give it to both people in the partnership. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. Yes? Yeah. Okay. I think that was the most I was hoping for out of this session. Okay, then. Right in this conversation. Okay. And end it? Sure. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, uh, thank you for listening to Kahoo. I know. I know. Um, yeah. Freeze moment. Well, maybe people hung up already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's over. Oh, it's yeah, Kelly said it was done. Um, thank you for listening to Coffee with the Sarlos. If you want to email us, please send it to info at bysarlo.com. And have a lovely day.